You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Doug Mornow. He's an author, speaker, podcaster, and media buyer who specializes in sponsored emails. His first book, Three Big Lies, The Real Truth About Running Email Lists to Generate Targeted Leads and Sales, became an international bestseller. As a podcaster, Doug currently hosts the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. He interviews top marketers, industry experts, and SaaS vendors. Welcome to the show, Doug. Hey, thanks, Dennis. Super happy to be here today. Yeah, thank you for joining me. I'm excited once again for a cool new episode because we're going to talk about something that we've never talked about before. And it's this whole concept that there's an entire form of paid media where marketers can reach their target market that nobody's talking about, right? And it's it's a very effective strategy for leveraging email that you've got a unique expertise in. And we're going to unpack that today. But before we do, Give us a quick backstory because it's really interesting. Before we hit record, you were kind of telling me a little of that. Share a little bit with the audience, take a minute or two, and then we'll dig right in. Okay. Well, I mean, my basic background is I'm a marketer. So I love everything sales and marketing. And I just, I'm so blessed to have the opportunity. I spend all my days looking at that. And I realize that most of the people that are listening probably have a business to run, and marketing is only part of, their, of what they do. But the, you know, the marketing world's changed so much. And, you know, so I do a lot of work in the sponsored email space. But there's so many new technologies that have come along. And so I'm just super excited about the opportunities that are there for us as business owners to grow our business and have access to reach consumers and businesses like we've never had before. Yeah, perfect. So tell us a little bit about your company. Tell us a little bit about your business. I mean, I know you talk about, I mean, it's kind of obscure. You talk about running email lists and sponsored emails and stuff, but tell us a little bit about your backstory of how, you know, kind of how the book came to play, you know, the three big lies and and a little bit about the business itself. Sure. So I've been, uh, you know, I've been self-employed for about 35 years. And so over that time, you know, I basically started in, in uh, direct response, direct marketing, following the Gary Halberts and Dan Kennedy's writing multi-step long direct, long form direct copy, and really fell in love with that business model because it was aggressive. I'm Canadian. So I said it was very Americanized uh, selling. It was very aggressive and it worked really well. And so we just kind of evolved our business as the marketing tactics evolved and moved into digital when digital came along and then moved into email when email came along. And, and so I, you know, I tell people that over the years, I've tested more things and, and found more things that don't work than they have. So you know, I'm very quick to put down my credit card, buy and try. And if it works, then to take it to my clients and say, hey, we've been trying these new tactics. I think you should consider them. So you know, that's still what I do today. So yes, we still do lots of work in email. But we're also looking and testing all the new stuff in terms of, you know, AI and machine learning and geofencing and, you know, you know, target marketing in terms of where people are geographically moving around. So there's lots of stuff that's happening in 
basically, um, that's what I get to do every day, get up and put my hands on the keyboard and uh, log in and see, uh, you know, what else can we try today to move the sales dial? Awesome. So you've been at this for quite a while now. We'll just put it at that. Probably how was 25 years, you said? 35 years. 35 years. So yeah. So you're just getting started. So you're getting your legs under you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just learning. That's right. Just yeah. learning. But that's that's okay. It's a never ending learning process, especially with as fast as marketing is changing, right? Yeah, so absolutely. draw us a little bit of a picture about your business. What is, you know, whether that be percentage growth or or sales or number of employees or something, give us a si- some sort of scope of of your business and what it looks like today. So I'm a home-based business and I've got a number of uh, remote employees, both locally and overseas. And right now I, I mostly work with people in the venture capital space that are looking to take a brand new product to market or to raise money for a company that's about to go public or is already public. And so we do that with a small in-house team of half a dozen staff and then leverage a number of vendors that we have uh, deep relationships with that we've worked with over some of them the last 10 years, the same vendors to kind of keep our footprint down. We had gone through the big growth curve of having big offices, 20 staff. And the reality was that 99% of the sales I produced and a lot of the work we just found was more efficient to have it outsourced. And so that's our business model today. It's, it's a little bit more comfortable. Um, I've got nobody checking in, you know, like, hey, you're at the gym for two hours in the morning instead of in the office. So there's nobody watching me. So I prefer this, uh, this style of business than, uh, than having to check into the office. Well, I don't mind. I don't know if you mind me asking, and if you do, feel free to feel free to say no. But would you consider it a six-figure, a seven-figure, an eight-figure type business? Because I mean, just because you have a small staff doesn't mean you can't do a large amount of revenue or profit. I mean, we all know that scalability is even easier today than it's ever been. So, do you yep. have any sense of that? I mean, I don't need yeah, exact we, details. Yeah, we run a, a seven-figure business. Awesome, perfect. All right. Well, listen, I do that because I want people to understand a couple of things. Number one you've done it, right? You're not just up here hypothecating, right? I mean, about you know just some flavor of the week strategy. You've built a seven-figure business using these strategies, using the tactics, and using what you've learned over the last 35 years. So that makes it obviously a lot more legit for the audience. And I'm sure they'll listen even more than they would have without that. So I appreciate that. So let's dig in. You're going to talk to us today about this very interesting and unique email strategy that a lot of the big marketers and a lot of big companies use, but they don't talk about. And it's kind of like the best kept secret, right? It's kind of like a hidden secret that a lot of big marketers use. And you're going to help us unpack that. So why don't you take it away? And then um, we'll see how far we can get in the next few minutes. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, so what we're talking about is is sponsored email. And there's a little bit of disconnect in the actual industry itself. So some people call it sponsored email. Some people call it email list rental. Some people call it native advertising. So it goes by a bunch of different terms. The basic concept is this. You partner up with a media company or a publisher. So let's use social media marketing world as an example. So social media examiner publishes a newsletter and we buy an ad from them. But instead of buying a banner ad, what we're buying is we're buying a sponsored or um, renting their email list and taking our message or your client's message and having that be the entire email that they send out. So Social Media Examiner has their relationship. They basically have 350,000 people on their list. You buy advertising, you send them your, your ad, they approve your ad, and then they email it to their list from their server. So you don't see the list, you don't touch the list, you don't know who, they're, who the recipients are that are subscribed to the list, but you're the, you get the benefit of their brand sending out your message to their list. 
No, I love so that. that. That's it. that's very cool because now they've spent an enormous amount of time, energy, and resources. Number one, building the list, but number two, nurturing that list. And you have, you know, out of three hundred fifty thousand, I mean, even if they only have, let's say, a twenty percent open rate, right? You're talking about seventy thousand people that you're going to get your your content, your offer, your whatever you're put in front of them, right in front of them. I mean, that's huge, right? I mean, that that, that you talk about awareness. You talk about, you know, I mean, and it's coming from social media examiners. So it's not like it's coming from some stranger, right? Where they're just going to hit spam or click off. These are people that have a tendency to be pretty loyal. Absolutely. And, you know, you, we talked a little bit off air about one of the new medias that I'm looking at uh, buying for my clients and that's fast company because they have like 800,000 people on the list and a 48% open rate. Oh my God. 48%. That's insane. And they're super picky of who they take. And, you know, now this isn't obviously for everybody, but I'm looking at a sponsored opportunity that they have that basically is $50,000 for a quarter. So you get to sponsor their, their email for a whole quarter for that. And I'm thinking for a lot of my clients, that's, that's very small budget, but that's just an example of what's, that's just two small examples of what's out there. Obviously, you don't need to start at that level, but, you know, the advantage of doing this over a lot of the other medias where if you're running clicks, like we still do Google pay-per-click and we do Facebook ads and we run all this stuff because what I find is if you're running several media at the same time, you get a one plus one equals three. So it's about being in front of reaching your audience as many places as you can. But what I find with email is different than the paid search or running banners or whatever you're doing is that if you have an audience that say five or six or 700,000 names and you do a test of 50,000 names and you get a really good conversion and can make money, the next day you can go from 50,000 exposures to 600,000 exposures with a single phone call. And I can't find any other media where I can get that instant hit of traffic. And the only issue really is, and quite seriously, is making sure that you've got enough bandwidth on your server that you're not going to take down your own website. All right. So you got me hooked here. We got what it is and we got why we need to consider it and why people need to consider this as a part of their media buying. Let's talk about the how. So there's a few steps you wanted to share with the audience on how they can start exploring this for their own benefit and for their own marketing efforts. So take it away. So a couple things. I mean, this is really no different than any other media. So you still need to do your homework. And if you're in business and you're already doing advertising, you've probably done most of the work. So you know who your avatar is, you know who your customer is, you know kind of age, income, demographic information. The thing that you probably haven't considered or maybe you haven't considered is, you know, what do they read online? What do they consume online? What other email lists are they on? Are they social media examiner readers? Are they Fast Company? Are they Inc? Are they Forbes? Like, where are your readers? And once you get a clearer picture of, you know, who, you know, where you think they may be, then it's as simple as going to those websites and downloading their media kit to see if email and email list rental or sponsorship is available. If your business is already doing direct mail, you're probably working with a list broker who brokers you mail lists. Well, you can ask them if they also offer email list rental. And if they do, there's a, they're, a great, you know, they're a great resource for you because they have experience in the space. If not, go find somebody who does email list rental as a service. So you can either do it yourself by contacting these guys, or you can work with somebody who does this and leverage their knowledge and their relationships. And then from there, you're just going to do the same thing you do with any other advertising is you're going to create your message create your offer. You're going to send it to the publisher to, to look at and to vet and to approve because they don't want to send out anything to their list that's going to damage their reputation, offend or upset in any way their subscribers. 
So it needs to be congruent with their brand. And the easiest way you can do that is by getting on their, their list, seeing what their regular emails look like that go out every day, asking the rep for samples of other ad campaigns. So you build your marketing message in the email to mirror what people are used to seeing. And then it's the same thing you do with a pay-per-click ad. You're going to drive them to a landing page, your website, your offer, your webinar, or maybe it's a hard offer and you're going to ask them to pull their credit card. So in that sense, it's very similar to every other media. It's just a different tactic that we're using. We're going out through email instead of showing up on somebody's Google search. Got it. Okay. So for people that are already buying paid media, it should be fairly straightforward, right? Because it's going to follow the same sort of framework. For people that are not currently buying paid media, let me just run back through it and you correct me if I'm wrong because I jotted down some notes. First of all, you got to obviously, you got to understand and identify that customer avatar, some GI, you know, some some demographics on them, right? You got to define that and get as, you know, get as accurate as you can, obviously. And then you're going to reach out to some publications where you think they may be, you know, on their list, right? Like for example, you mentioned Fast Company and you mentioned Social Media Examiner and maybe Inc. Magazine or just different niche publishers, right? And then you're going to reach out and maybe get some rate card data or some info on, you know, do they provide this service? What's the cost? You know, some metrics and stuff. And then you did say maybe you want to consider subscribing to their list so you can start getting some of their messages and kind of get a feel for, for the, you know, the type of messages they send, the tone and the style. And then you craft the message similar to those. And I, I thought this was really important because if your message looks and sounds very different than the publisher, you're probably not going to get a great response, right? I mean, first of all, they probably wouldn't allow that, but if they did allow it and it was significantly different and didn't take that same tone or didn't take that same sort of look and feel, or it's probably not going to produce as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that's the whole theory behind native ads. I mean, the theory behind native ads is that they're native and that they kind of blend in with the content. And so it's, it's funny. I mean, that native ads seem to be the new buzzword. I mean, we've been paying for content in newspapers for years that looks like editorial copy. So it's not new. It's just new marketing spin. So, and what the research shows clearly is that consumers don't mind native ads as long as they provide value. So it seems to be a more friendly way of advertising that the consumers have accepted and are willing to read and engage with, again, as long as it provides some value. So as long as it's not just a, a hard sell, like, hey, you don't know me, buy my stuff, that if you're actually adding some value to their life or helping them solve a problem. Yeah. And one thing I want to point out is this is not just getting a small blurb inside of somebody's newsletter or pre-prepared email, right? So it's not social media examiner putting together a a thousand word email that they're going to send out to their subscribers and they just put a little blurb in there about your offer. This is a dedicated email that the publisher sends out on yep. your behalf. Yep, absolutely. And we've done, you know, this is an extreme, but we've, we've done work with financial publishers where they've published what would be equivalent of a 16 page written document in email. Oh my God. So if you need to write half a book, you could basically send out a whole ebook in somebody's email list. Oh my gosh. Wow. So they must've had some sort of strategy behind that and hopefully it paid off. But The last part of this that I want to talk about that I think was really important after you craft the message and they send the offer out, one of the added benefits to this that I, that I thought about right away, and I'm sure you, you know, you can expand on for us is that, you know, this can help build, you know, if you're sending an offer to a webinar or some sort of a page offer page of some sort, and you're already doing media buying, whether it be through Google or whether it be through Facebook or YouTube or whatever, you can retarget that audience, right? So when they land on there, they're going to get pixeled if you have your account, if you have your site set up properly. And then at that point, you know, it doesn't just die with the email, the response rate you got with the email, the people that didn't buy or didn't 
take, you know, become an email opt-in or didn't take some sort of action, you can still target all those people long into the future. And I think that's probably where you can really massage that into a much better ROI. Absolutely. Because you do the same thing. You're going to create your, your ads to remarket and retarget to look very similar to what they've just seen. And you know, they've already seen it because they've been to your, they've got the email and they've been to the landing page. And so we've, you know, the idea of the remarketing works extremely well because you're sending this form of advertising, you can build a a custom audience, like a remarketing audience on Google within a day. So you send a marketing campaign out and at the end of the day, you've got 3,000, 4,000, maybe 5,000 people in your custom audience. So even if you didn't send any more email for the next week, you've now got, you know, three, four, 5,000 people you're remarketing to that didn't convert. Right. Not to mention being able to put together a lookalike audience using that same that same data, right? So, I mean, now Absolutely. you've got multiple audiences that you've leveraged somebody else's list to do. And I mean, you've built that almost overnight. Absolutely. And the, the cool thing about that is when you think about it, when you're marketing to somebody else's list, they've done all the heavy lifting and they've got the, the loyal crowd that follows them that's got a common interest. So if you're signed up to a, if you're a boater and you're signed up to a boating list and I'm selling a product that goes into that industry, we know that you're interested. We, you know, and they've done all the hard work because they've got all the boaters in one bucket and now we get a chance to drop our ad in there. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Is there anything else you want to add about the how? Is there anything else that you can share, you know, to try to expedite the learning curve of my audience? I would just say, you know, spend some time on the computer and take a look at some media kits of various publishers. Just, I think the, the, the how there and the benefit there is that you'll learn more about your audience. If you said, Hey, my audience is, uh, I think they're a fast company audience, fast company. will have the demographics. They'll tell you men and women, and they'll tell you age and income and education. There's a lot of data that these publishers gather because in, in a lot of cases, these lists were built from direct mail and have got email as well. So you may get some enhanced learning and have some new ideas of where you could find uh, find your audience that might not be in a direct publication. Like I shared with you, we started advertising in some political newsletters because our audience was, you know, not only subscriber to the financial publications, but they're also subscriber to those political. So you're going to learn from the publishers media kits. They spend a lot of time and a lot of money polling their uh, subscribers to make sure that their media kit reflects well on their audience because that's their job is to sell you advertising and that data is there for free. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, let me ask you this. Let's take a little bit different spin on it before we close out here. What do you see as the biggest mistake or mistakes that businesses make when they do start doing this niche media buying when you're talking about sponsored emails? Well, I guess the first mistake is there's a confusion on what it is. And so people will go buy a list. And I'll just say upfront, buying a list is a bad idea and will probably toast your domain name and your sender reputation. So I'm talking about renting or sponsoring. So I think the biggest mistake is that they they haven't planned well enough and they don't understand that it's going to take some budget to do this. This isn't something where you can just say, hey, let's spend $10 a day. That's not how it works. The reality is you're going to have to plan it out. It needs to be part of your financial plan, part of your marketing, or they want to go all in. And to that, I would say, go slow. You know, buy the minimums that you can of the media, test it, uh, test it, test it. And when you get the ROI that you need, then it's very easy to scale. But, you know, you, you can't get the money back once you've spent it. So if you go blow the budget, you know, because somebody's told you a good story, it's gone. So I was, you know, I spent a lot of time talking people into spending less money than more. Gotcha. Perfect. 
All right. Well, listen, before we close out, let's get a little bit of micro into your business. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using to grow your business? <laughs> Whether that I'm, be I'm sure some it, sort of a SaaS product or online yeah. tool, something. Um, really is LinkedIn. Nice. So LinkedIn. Perfect. Yeah. My home so, away from you home. Know, yeah. And I know that you're the expert in LinkedIn. So, you know, I don't do a lot on LinkedIn other than I do have people inquire through through LinkedIn. I mean, I'm very lucky that I work with a handful of people that I've worked with for years that keep rebooking with me. So I do get lots of inquiries and and uh, that through LinkedIn. But the biggest tool that I find right now that I like is actually my podcast because I get a chance to reach out and build relationships with top vendors and companies and experts. And so, you know, I think the podcast, you know, for me, my monetization strategy is to build relationships with really smart people, not to sell ads. And that's just my strategy. So that's been the biggest growth tool for me is I've got some great opportunities to meet some new people. And a, a lot of the a lot of the people that I've interviewed in my podcast, um, I've become a client of theirs. So it's given me insight into new technologies, new products and services. And yeah, so I'd say my podcast. Love it. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, besides your book, right? Besides the three big lies, which, you know, I'm sure you'll let everybody know how they can get that. Besides that, what's one book that you would recommend to my audience? Ah, one book. Let me just see. I just read a book. Uh, I heard this guy speak. His name's Rasmus Ankerson, and it's called Hunger in Paradise. Perfect. And uh, basically, it says how to save success from failure. And, you know, I, I read, you know, a book or two a month. And this guy spoke, and it really made me think about the risks in my business. And he gave a number of examples of companies like Lego, like SAP, like Netflix and Blockbusters. And so it made me stop and look at my business to see what are the hidden risks and how's the world changing and how could that affect my business? And I took a couple of days and after reading this, I just spent some time to identify that. And it was just mind blowing. So I would say it's a great, it's a, it's a great read. It's an easy read. It's a couple cups of coffee on a Sunday morning when you're sitting with your feet up. Love it. Sounds like a good read. I'll make sure I add that to the show notes. Before we close out, let everybody know how they can connect with you and then we'll wrap it up for today. The best way to find me is just at my website. So it's dougmorneau.com. And if you go there, uh, you'll see my podcast, my blog there. If you sign up for my email list, I'm going to be uh, running a promotion for my book this next couple months uh, where I'm going to give the book away as free plus shipping offer only to people that are on my email list. So that's my offer, dougmorneau.com. Head over there and uh, engage. Perfect. Listen. I'll make sure I add all that to the show notes. I really appreciate you being here today, Doug, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Hey, thanks, Dennis. Thanks so much. Uh, Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.